0: Listeners,
1: I'll lose myself in a moment.
0: All the music for you. Give on my way out days. And we'll get into it. I'll come to you on my hands and knees on my Episode 82 of the Blake Mayfield podcast. I'm your host Blake Mayfield and I'm here today with TJ Holmes, the former sports writer for Record Searchlight and now the co-founder and managing editor of the online website ShastaCountySports.com. TJ, how you doing, man? Doing great, Blake. Thanks Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Before we get into it, I do want to give a special shout out to all the listeners real quick who are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast. However you are able to stream this, download this, uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. And also, I want to announce that I have podcast hats. Uh, If you guys want a free podcast hat and TJ, I'll talk to you after this is over to try and get one out to you. I was going to give it to you today. Um, But we had to do this, so that's totally fine. Um, But I have free podcast hats for any of the listeners that want one. Just give me a DM on Instagram at Blake Mayfield 23 or on Facebook at Blake Mayfield, and I will be sure to get one to you ASAP. And without further ado, let's get into it. So I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, I read an article. I think it was dated March 30th, 2017, a little over four years ago, where it was – You're saying goodbye to the record searchlight and moving on to the Shasta County sports gig. Um, It says your father gave you a typewriter for your 10th birthday. Take me back to when you wanted to start sports writing. Was it at 10? And then, like, what was that process like from 10 years old until you made it to the record searchlight? Yeah, I, you know, I I wasn't sure what I really wanted to do when I was 10. I knew I
1: liked, I I enjoyed writing. Um, I enjoyed sports most of all, but uh, I was good at writing enjoyed sports and it wasn't until college when um i really tried to combine the two to make a career out of it um you know i went into college being a business major at chico state and kind of got halfway through uh, almost all the way through my prerequisites and was kind of waking up and was just like you know i want this isn't really exciting me anymore um it wasn't really catching my attention uh i so i want to go to work every day and you know, devote my life to doing something. I want to enjoy it. So, um, so in college, I switched gears, went the journalism route to combine you know for that for that goal of being a sports writer. Um, but you know, ever since I was a little kid, I'd be writing stories, uh, creative writing, anything, even on my own. You know, we had a computer at the time, but a typewriter and a computer was about the same <laughs> in the in the mid nineties, about there. So um, I, I just really. Uh, enjoyed writing enjoyed sports most of all and, and when i got to college i made that decision to, to go for it and i wanted to enjoy being at work every day and um, you know, i was at the record searchlight you know, for seven years i i did that and uh, met some incredible people here in the community got to see some pretty high level uh, athletic competition but most of all got to tell some stories that uh, no one else uh, got to tell, and, and that the community got to listen to because I was able to do that. So that was special to me. Um, going over from from the record searchlight, I'm actually uh, my full time job is in uh, tourism marketing and public relations now. So Shasta County Sports is a a side hobby, so to speak. It's after hours, always on the weekends and and you know, a couple of nights a week or something. But I have a wonderful um, core. Staff here, not even staff, I mean, helpful people that, that joined in on the co founding of that, and wouldn't be possible um, to do that. You know, one of those being you know, my wife, Tracy Holmes, and uh, Aaron Williams, a former sports editor at the Record Search site. And we have a few others, you know, Mike Daly, photographers and reporters, Max Kiyakumdi, and others. We can get into that later, but, um, you know, That was just like an afterthought. I wanted to jump into tourism marketing and and public relations and branch out and expand my career doing that. And um, this just happened to pop up
0: on the side. Yeah, absolutely. What made you want to branch off and start Shasta County Sports? Were you just kind of burnt out with the searchlight? Was it just the opportunity presented itself? I mean, what was it that made you want to after seven years? Because seven years is a lot of time to dedicate to something. You know, I'm only 22 myself, so seven years seems like a ton to me. That's been a third of my life so far. So after seven years, what was it like to finally transition? And, and why did you want to do that? Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't easy um, leaving and,
1: and kind of, changing gears from sports over to tourism marketing, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I had that passion for sports, but, um, but wanting to branch out, do something a little bit different was uh, intriguing, trying to expand my, expand my skills. Um, that was a big part of it and seeing another opportunity to stay in town and, and enjoy, um, being in this community. And, and, you know, I've given back you know, a lot from telling all those stories and, um, this was another way to, to get back and helping in tourism marketing. But jumping over you know, leading into the record searchlight was you know, I saw some uh newspapers wasn't really gonna really gonna last. And we were kind of looking at the future of, you know, how how quickly it was diminishing, you know, circulation rates were dropping. Um obviously our online presence was incredible there. I tried my best to build a brand um, for myself and for that sports department and know I got help along the way with you know Thomas Lawrence who was there for a few years and he's you know one of my best friends was my uh, officiant for my wedding with my wife you know and he was a sports pro there he went over to Stockton after after Reading but um and Aaron Williams he used to be the sports editor at the record searchlight um since 2000 so I kind of had him to lean on when I was at the at the paper but uh some some things started to change you know as the The industry was trying to um, gear more towards uh, focusing on on larger stories and not the normal um, sports aspect, not the traditional sports aspect that I've come to know and devote my life to. And not only was I ready to kind of move on and kind of looking around, but um, being able to expand my skills and and really try to, try to master something else and try and take on a new challenge and, and, uh, and I wanted to approach that and have a great time. I mean, I love my job now in tourism marketing and, um, work for the Reading Tourism and Marketing Group. So handle, uh, hotel marketing and, and packages for, for tourism to help Reading and hotels and, and help our restaurants and, and attractions and local businesses, you know, bring in visitor money. So that way, um, our, our community can grow. So uh, from one thing to another, I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's expanded, and, you know, I, I'm grateful for
0: it. What are the biggest challenges of moving on from the Record Searchlight? And when you guys first started this back in, was it 2017 you guys started it? Was it, like, right away, or how long did you guys wait in between? No, it, it was uh, 2018, um, so it was a good year. I was freelancing for the Record Searchlight for a year or so just,
1: you know at, at night covering a football game or something on a Friday night and the biggest challenge I mean obviously was you know going from going from sports to a non-sports uh, world um, in tourism marketing uh, so that was, that was a little bit of a challenge but I had the skills necessary to do it and when you learn how to write you know you can pretty much write for anything the sports was you, know, you, you can write I could write news you know I could write anything else at, at the paper it was just sports was kind of just my specialty it's you, know, you always say sports reporters can write news, but it's a lot harder for news to write sports just because you don't know all the ins and outs and what to look for and everything else to follow. Um, so I was able to transition. Um, I thought pretty pretty well, but I still had to, it was a learning curve um, to learn tourism marketing. But um, going up to Shasta County Sports, being able to have a, a marketing a marketing experience and having a lot of different help. I mean, this wasn't just me. You know, my wife Tracy Holmes. Has had a, several ideas that that we have applied into doing um, Chess County Sports, and she does all of our video. And uh, Aaron Williams is our, our kind of our chief of, our, our editor in chief, so to speak. You know, he's also a, a national editor for the CBS.
0: Oh wow! Called
1: called Max Preps. So, and that's kind of like the, the Bible for high school sports. Um, across the, the country. So he's a national editor for that and works from works from home, works remotely, and so he's able to devote a lot of his time to Shots County Sports and to Max Preps. So so by doing that, you know, he he handles uh, pretty much all this stuff during the day, whereas I come in, you know, at nighttime when I'm off hours because, you know, obviously I can't do any work during my full-time job. So, you know, weekends and nights is kind of me, and, and Aaron handles the during the day stuff, if there's news that breaks or something, he usually jumps on that. So we have a, we have a pretty good system, and a pretty good team going on. But I think getting it started, I think one of the biggest challenges as, as I've switched over staying in the community from being a, you know, a name that people know I'm um, at the paper to, to right now is, you know, some people still think I work for the paper, um, depending on what I do. And you know if they haven't talked to me in a few years or like, Oh yeah, I used to do that. But, um, no, not anymore, but I still help out the community the best I can in several
0: different ways, so that, that's where I'm sitting. Tell me how Mike Daly, your guys' chief photographer, and then Max Kiyakandi, the lead reporter, looks like. How do they contribute to this whole thing? Yeah, Mike has been
1: uh, just a godsend, of, and, and you will probably never meet someone else that uh, that just devotes his life and his time and his hobby um, two other people, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, never asks for anything in return. He just likes being part of something. Um, he's a quiet guy um, until you really get to know him. But uh, he's shy, uh, but he loves telling you know show, showing his his work through through his camera and, and showing what's happening. And you know, Mike Bailey does a did an excellent job during the car fire coming up. Uh, that's when he really got big. I mean, he was already shooting photos before then and everything, but a lot of his work during the car fire uh, went national, um, you know, getting shared on, on national networks and Washington Post and, you know, anything else like that. Uh, uh, that and he started his own um, fire information page where he was driving around and showing people, you know, like, hey, your house is still good, like, this area is all right, you know, and um, helping people out. And I think that that really speaks to who he is. He's just a, a guy that you know, he's in that thankless job but by doing this you know there's not a whole lot of um, not a whole lot of uh, people that, are, that uh, can really appreciate the work it really takes to be able to go through thousands of photos and to edit them and try and capture all the action and know what you're doing you know the community sees it and sees the work and it's wonderful. but until you kind of are on that side of it, you don't know how much work really goes into it, and he's just an incredible person of of wanting to always give and never complains uh, and just always does it with a smile on his face. So he's been a wonderful addition. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without Mike Daly. You know, we've had a few other photographers that have jumped on board. Um, Tony Horde, uh, Maddie Harrell, um, Brian Wilkes, who also shoots for Max Preps. Um, You know, a couple of people that are aspiring to be photographers one day and they're just trying to build their portfolio and, we're helping them uh, do that and get get some experience along the way as well. And, you know, Max Kiyakin, he's kind of been with us from day one as well. Um, You know, he was a Shasta college student who was interested in journalism and loved sports as well. And we've kind of brought him along a little bit of like, hey, you know, this is what you look for, this is what you do, this is how you take stats. You know, he knew the the gist of it, the ins and outs of the sports, but um, had to teach him a little bit on the writing. And he's He's been doing great. It seems like he improves every time he writes something. And uh, it's been been great to have someone kind of other than us, you know, take on a little bit more and take on a little bit more and expand his role in the social media and other things as well, shooting some video. Um, Like I said, I mean, Shotscending Sports has been great because everybody that contributes to Shotscending Sports has a full time job or work. This is just like a hobby that they're just trying to do because they either want to be involved, they want to help out, or they're trying to build a portfolio to, to do something larger. And, and it all comes back to the community is benefiting from this, you know. And it, it comes into how Shasta County Sports was started was, you know, after I left, you know, the sports media in the community has kind of fallen off. You know, the record circulate hardly covers stuff now. KRCR, I think only might cover a football game or something and even then it's not really a, to the extent that that we do you know and action news you know does a lot better but they're more uh, chico based and you know they jump up into reading a little bit but um, we thought you know like hey there's a big void here in this community if like no one's telling the stories these kids aren't getting exposure they're not uh, being able to, to get their name out there to try and obtain scholarships and I think that that's where we came in is there's a void we want to fill that. Um, yeah, if it's on our own time, you know, it's like I said, it's not a full-time deal. It's, it's a part-time after hours wanting to help out the best we can, but we get, we're getting enough people that see the benefit in it and see how the community is reacting to it, that they want to help out more. So uh, it's, it's been very rewarding to see that other people want to help and want to jump on just like Mike and, and Max and, you know, some of those other names I mentioned. So, um, it's growing, you know, and, and which is great because, uh, there's always more stories to tell and sports going on. And especially in this year of COVID, we didn't know what was going to happen with it. Uh, which was one of the reasons too, that we're very grateful that we had full-time day jobs, um, to not feel the pinch that a lot of other people had to, unfortunately feel during the pandemic. Um, but, uh, it's been, it's been a great ride. Uh, hope, hopefully it continues, but, um, and, it's just a just a wonderful thing that the community can have and for us to fill that void uh, and being allowed to do it you know after work hours it, it's been it's
0: been fun yeah absolutely well so i have a question i mean you mentioned that everyone still has day jobs and whatnot and obviously the pandemic changed everything for everyone and you guys were just able to get back into covering football and basketball and stuff like that again and the season's got pushback and whatnot from the end of last year. And, you know, it's like a football game in May. doesn't make sense in any league, it seems like. But that's just kind of where we're at. But how and why is it not like a uh, full-time job for you guys? Why is it not something that – I don't want to say it's not profitable because I don't know, but why is it not that for you guys and just a hobby? I mean, is there any way you guys could ever make it to where everyone does that, you know, five times a week, eight times, you know, eight hours a day? I mean, like, why is it not – like that for you guys. You
1: know I think everyone has their own different reasons um, as far as uh, I can speak to myself um, and, and my wife. I mean my wife is an EMT. She, that's what her passion is is in the medical care and I cannot do what she does. Um, I give her all the, the love and the praise and emergency services personnel to be able to do what they do. Um, takes a special person to be able to handle that type of um, type of work and, and that type of atmosphere. Um, as far as myself, I I really enjoy tourism marketing. I really enjoy marketing and public relations. You know, I went to school for journalism, so I knew a lot of that public relations already. Um, I see I see me being able to to grow into a, a better career, staying staying that way. But um, as much as the community loves it, or as much as we would love to do it, uh, you know. I couldn't really tell you. That I, I like the stability in, in coming out of, of the newspaper industry, which is, you know, it's getting a lot tougher to handle um, traditional media in that, in that sense, in that realm. And, and I found a wonderful spot in my day job, and I honestly enjoy going to work every single day. It's a new challenge. I learn something new. I'm always developing my skills, and uh, I work with great people. And that, that makes it really easy to, to not want to uh, leave. So that, that's kind of where I'm sitting. As far as the other ones go, I mean, Aaron Williams, you know, he, he works as a national editor for Max Preps, like I said. So uh, Max Preps is totally fine with him doing Shasta County Sports during the day from time to time, you know, just because uh, he's honing in, honing in on his skills for Max Preps. And a lot of times we've had stories. Um, or videos or something that we've done locally that has been pushed nationally because of his connection with Max Preps. So, um, so a lot of reading stories and, and athletes and, and videos and stuff like that has, has been able to get pushed across, you know, the whole country. And uh, so we're grateful for that relationship. So, But I can't speak for him of why he wouldn't want to do it full-time. It takes a lot more moving parts to get there. Um, and I just don't think that we're ready there. We, we all like our full-time full-time jobs and you know still
0: like to be with our families as much as we can yeah absolutely and i, I totally understand that um What athletes in school did you enjoy covering the most? What sport did you enjoy covering the most? And who were some of the most electrifying players that you can remember? Um, I know that, like, from Anderson, like Jared Kingston, for example, uh, Washington State University, I believe, is where he's at right now. And he's an offensive guard, I think. I mean, uh, how were some of these other kids and and stuff? I call them kids, but they're basically my age, most of them. Uh, How many of these other kids and whatnot did you enjoy covering? And have anyone, like, made it big? Has anyone, like,. Gone back to you after the fact and, and whatnot. I mean, what you enjoy doing the most?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a football football fan. A uh, really big baseball fan. I really enjoy all sports. I mean, th- in this area, kind of seen the roller coaster of you know some years. Some sports will be uh, will have more talent than others. So like softball is really big here. You know, baseball has some good years. Uh, Football is always fun. I I like football because it's like one day a week. You can really dive into it. Um, There's not just so many games where, you know, you you can hype it up a little bit. You can look forward to uh, one game and you can talk a little bit more about that one instead of turning it over so quickly into another. Um, So I enjoy football, but uh, basketball is great. You know, my stepdaughter was a three point, the Northern Section three point. Uh, champion, you know, she holds all the section records for for three pointers for girls basketball. Um, when she went to Central Valley a few years ago, so um, so I'm obviously a big basketball fan as well. But I've had some some really fun times telling stories. You know, um, just knowing that some kids just mentally get dialed in. And kind of understand the bigger picture. You know, one comes to mind is Tim Naylor, who's a uh, assistant coach at Shasta High School for varsity football right now. My first year here, he was a freshman at Central Valley, and he played you know played baseball was a great player. Played football as well, and um, he just mentally got it. He was one of those guys that that uh, was headstrong, and you knew from when you first talked to him, he was more mature than his age and he's still one of my favorites to talk to and i see him on the sidelines all the time he's just one of those guys and you know then you have other couple other kids like Connor silvera who was just a workhorse he was a, a central valley high football player and, and went on to shasta college played played at shasta college as well and um played in division two played some division two ball out in colorado you know he, he was just a uh, just a workhorse just blue collar just Nothing but worked and just so polite um, and, and dialed in, and then, then you have all those other stories too about about those galvanized moments. You know, the reason you get into the business too is to tell these stories that no one else gets to tell, and experience adversity, experience um, people's trials and tribulations, and how they can overcome that and find that success. And you know, like a couple of years ago, you know, West Valley West Valley's football team. You know, lost a lost a teammate. They lost Tyson Wacker died in a, you know a car accident. You know, middle of the season. And you know, Bailey Soldier, who was our Heisman winner that year, um, just galvanized his team. Just, uh, just leadership, just surfaced. Um, and to, to lead peers is a special thing, and and to do it and find success is another. And um, so, watching that unfold, West Valley winning the section championship for their for their late teammate, um in the way they did it was, was a special thing. Then you you even go back further, you know, Calen Cresasto at Enterprise is a you know, the two sport athlete in basketball and baseball, but, you know, the the battle that he would have on the court with with High it seemed like he was always beating uh Shasta in different ways and, and there's nothing they could do to overcome of uh, what, what that, those Enterprise teams would do. And then, you know, you talk about Enterprise with their road to state in 2013 with Izzy Matthews and Nick Thomasine and Justin Abney and you know those guys and Alex Taladino and that was like unprecedented for the North State up here for for Reading is going to the state championship game because back then it was only you know five bowl games played for the state championship and um, so that enterprise trip was was a, one that I always remembers well and riding the bus down and being in the hotel with the, the kids and following them around for that whole weekend and obviously throughout the whole season too, you just you remember little things like that, that that these are still just kids but they're playing a sport that they love and trying to get to the next level and you know Izzy Matthews played at Colorado State, you know, played running back at Colorado State. He was a heck of a player and athlete to cover. Covered him in, you know, three sports and football, basketball and track and so that that was uh those were some of my favorite ones, you know, I you talked about of pro athletes, if anybody's made it big, you know, um, we've had a, a kid, Josh Latham, who's still local. You know, he signed a million dollar contract with the Jets as a long snapper a few years ago after going to Sacramento State. Um, wow. And then, and then right now we have Dalton Kelly, who's a Foothill High grad. Um, he went to UC Santa Barbara, played first base for UC Santa Barbara, and is now in AAA for the Tampa Bay Rays. He plays for the Durham Bulls now, um, but he was at big league spring training this year and last year. He had a couple of home runs. I think he batted about, about two fifty, but he played in, I think, all but four or five games in spring training for you know the the AL champion Tampa Bay Rays. So he's he's getting pretty close up there as well. So you know, and I, I still text him, and I did a story on him going to you know, being out in spring training this year. And it's nice to have those connections. Those guys know. You know, remember who I am and, and know that uh, this community wants to know what they're doing. So we're, we're always trying to stay updated
0: on that. Yeah, for sure. No, That's a really cool story. I want to flip this a little bit, though, because with all the good stories and all the good athletes and stuff that happen – um, I bet you've had to cover some scandals and stuff before, and one that sticks out to me. Um, and I'm not asking you to give a personal opinion or whatever, but one that sticks out to me is the West Valley football team hazing incident from a little before when everything first hit. How do you approach when you cover something like a scandal? Um, is there something that you guys kind of just stay away from totally because you want to be just super positive? Is it stuff that you feel like you have to cover just to kind of just for justice as far as a journalist goes? I mean, like how how do you approach stuff like a scandal or stuff? That happens. That's bad in the community. That involves some of these athletes and whatnot.
1: Yeah, you know, it it becomes more difficult, especially when they are minors. You know, everything that's going on. It's not. It's not uh, easy doing that. I know Aaron Williams has handled most of that West Valley uh, incident that was happening down there. You know, and we get word of something that's happening, but uh, and you know, there's still not even a, a full determination on what. It's actually happening in that case right now. They're still trying to figure it out, so I won't add anything, anything to that, but um, it's difficult to navigate what you want to do and what you want to say. It's easy for us in the sense of we know what our mission is, and that's to try and build camaraderie, um, try and bring these kids more exposure to obtain scholarships so they can further their education um, possibly be seen because if we're not if we're not out there telling these stories um, it's a lot harder for college coaches to, to see them and, and if we're not giving them some recognition for what they're doing it makes it difficult for them to get their name out there so for us uh, if it involves you know a, a sport if it involves a, a change or something that's that's going to change a team yeah we're gonna cover it. I think what we mainly did was putting that out there that, hey, you know, the coach uh, has been um, suspended or, you know, resigned. That has to do with sports. We kind of want to stick to on the field, on the court issues rather than criminal cases or civil cases, anything else like that. But it is difficult to navigate trying to make sure that we know. Um, that we're sticking to our mission and sticking to what, uh, what we really want to do, and that's to um, build these kids up, get them more exposure, so they can hopefully um, play sports in college, but if not that, obtain a college degree, um, because you know, sports may not be the, the lifelong uh, end goal for their careers, but they can certainly take a college degree on and, and do
0: something great to contribute to their communities. Yeah, absolutely. I get that, you know, as far as it being... A criminal case and you brought up the fact that most of the time almost all the time it's minors that are involved so you can't even involve names you can't even go into detail and some of that stuff you know you guys probably shouldn't or you know anyone that's covering it probably shouldn't but I did want to hear from you on that just because you know I know there's community standards I know there's stuff that you know I wish in sports it was positive stuff all the time but I mean even in professional sports you turn around and everyone seemed to really cling on to you know the Aaron Hernandez thing when it happened all those years ago you know a few years back and now you have the Deshaun Watson case and stuff there is is very dark turns and whatnot when it comes to sports. And I just wondered how you guys locally, regionally deal with that on the local level. Um, I did want to transition a little bit with you, though, into something else that involves the reporting. So have you ever had anyone, have you ever done a story or talked to an athlete or a coach and maybe you said something and you didn't mean it that kind of pissed them off or that they used as motivation and then they came back and let you know about it after they won? Has anything like that ever happened to where someone lets you know that what you said tick them off enough to score four touchdowns or score 40 points or win, you know, a state title? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, That's awesome. It definitely happened uh, probably at
1: least once a year or something. You know, someone might feel slighted with something that we say or write, um, and they use it for motivation and, and good for them. I mean, you know, we've been proven wrong. Um, you know, one thing I can point out uh, is, you know, a couple of years ago, Bailey Soldier that I talked about from West Valley, and the running back, you know, we put him as our number two player ranking going into the season instead of number one. And, you know, he felt like he should have been number one in a nice way. He didn't, you know, it wasn't like a, a like I'm going to destroy you or anything. It was I'm going to prove to you through my play that I'm number one. And he ended up being our Heisman winner that year and ran away with it. But, you know, a lot of the things that we write, the things that we do is, is well reported. I mean, we talk to coaches, we look at stats, you know, eye tests, you know, we, we talk to opposing coaches. We talk to uh, teammates. You know, we, we really do our, our, our work and our research to be able to um, – that, that goes into what we write. It's not just trying to get something out there. It, there's actual validity behind it. So, But there's been several times where, you know, a player might have felt that, that they deserved more or um, a coach felt like, like, hey, you gave us bulletin board material, so we're going to – we're going to use that. You know, even, you know, the late Darren Trueblood, uh, you know, who just passed recently um, after cancer. You know, I covered him when he was at Enterprise before prep And at Enterprise, and you know, I'd be there during River Bowl. And, you know, one story I'd like to tell is I'd be standing there waiting for the, the team huddle to get done, and he's talking to his team to try and say, you know, he's saying, like, hey, don't listen to anything these guys write. You know, as I'm standing there, like they don't know what they're talking about. You need to focus on you. Stay focused on our goal. Like you can only control what we can control. And you know, as, as a coach, I, I completely understand that. Don't get don't get put up in the hype. Don't get don't get out there. Don't read too much into it. Um, you know, afterwards, it, it was always. You know, he'd come up to me afterwards, and he's like, "You know, I just just have to tell him that, right?" And I'm like, "Absolutely. Like, I don't feel slighted in that sense." And you know, you have to do as a coach whatever you can to motivate your players, and if it means that that week or something that said you have to use that as motivation to to say like, "Hey, you're you're being an underdog. Let's use that. Let's roll with that." And I have no problem with it as long as it's a uh, friendly way of letting me know I was wrong. Um, I have been wrong before. Everyone is always wrong. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I, I've been on both ends of probably a little bit harsher in terms of proving me I was wrong. And then there's some fun times like the True Blood story or like the Bailey Soldier, where you can kind of laugh and joke about it, you know, after the fact and, and everything else too. So it, it is fun. I mean, that's what sports are about, right? It's kind of ribbing each other. It kind of goes along with that, that same locker room mentality of, of, of that uh, camaraderie that you're building um, with people in the trenches along next to you or that are watching you. So, so I enjoy it. You know, I've been proven wrong and that's always my answer to people too. If they feel like they've been slighted or they feel like they're being slept on is what a lot of the kids these days like to say, you know, I would say, Hey, prove me wrong, you know, prove us wrong. We've been wrong before. Maybe if you can prove us that you deserve it, then absolutely we will get your due. But, uh, so It happens, and it's fun. It's part of the game. It's
0: part of, part of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally understand that. Has there ever been a time in your guys' rankings and whatnot where you absolutely totally nail it on a guy, even though they came back and tried to tell you you guys were wrong? You're and you guys were like, you know, I, I know it's all opinion based, but to where it's like, no, like you're the third best running back, or no, you're the fifth best receiver, or you're not the best quarterback. I mean, I'm sure there's been some of those times, but is there one that stands out in particular? And you don't have to give names or anything, but is there a certain time where you guys were like, yeah, we nailed that one?
1: Yeah, it's a lot easier when you go back to the days of, like, Izzy Matthews when he was at Enterprise. I mean, he was by far the number one player, and then he was, um, you know, the MVP the next year. And then uh, I believe, um, you know, Kalen Kersasto at basketball for for boys. And then, you know, like even um, some of the girls' player rankings have have been – spot on and we're usually pretty close i mean uh we've had three for shasta county sports we've done three uh player rankings so far for football and so far our number two player both years were ended up being the heisman winner um and then this year, we obviously haven't put it out yet since the season just ended a few years ago. But that's something that we're working on now. Um, so we've been we're, we're usually pretty close. Uh, if someone doesn't quite live up to their their ranking, um, it's because they were injured, and it's really hard to put you know someone that we thought was going to be the second best running back or fourth best receiver or something in that spot if they only played five of the ten games or not as much as someone else that you know has. Has been there and deserves that spot because they played week in and week out. So, yeah, there, there's some changes on there. And uh, it's a lot harder to, to grade offensive linemen just because they don't have a whole lot of stats. And if we're watching the ball or something, we have to rely on watching film or watching or talking to coaches. So it, it changes, but we're usually pretty close.
0: Yeah, for sure. I want to transition now fully out of this. I want to talk about your Chicago Bears with you. Uh, as I have it, are uh, you're a big Chicago Bears fan, correct? Oh, yeah. Justin Fields, 11th pick. How do you feel about it?
1: Uh, it's growing on me. Um, I feel great because I did not think Andy Dalton was the answer. And I knew <laughs> I texted my buddies. I texted my buddies going into the draft this weekend. And I said, like, Brian Pace, like, they, they are going to draft a quarterback because they can't hitch their wagon to Andy Dalton going into the season to save their jobs, and it's nothing against the Red Rider. You know, I just don't think he's starter <laughs> caliber anymore. But but coming in, I just knew that they had to make a move, and they were. I, I said three spot. I said I thought they were going to trade with Carolina or They're going to trade with the Giants, and that was the text. And obviously, they trade up with the Giants and, and at 11, and they got Justin Fields, who I've been reading a little bit more about. Obviously, I watched you know, during the season and everything. And um, I, I read that some scouts even had him ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence, who's a sure thing
0: as they come, right? So, I'm, I'm excited. I know Ohio State hasn't turned out the best quarterback
1: prospect, like the best one is not been very good, um, and as a Bears fan, I'm just clamoring for some sort of consistency at quarterback. I mean, we've never had a 4,000-yard passer, and we've never had a 30-touchdown 30, 30 touchdown thrower in the history of the Chicago Bears, and they're the only teams in the NFL that haven't had that yet. So it's like, if we can I love the defense. I'm a defensive-minded guy. I like to run the ball, that whole Midwestern mindset, but please can we get a quarterback in here, and hopefully Justin Fields is that guy. I'm excited because it, it brings hope,
0: and that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'm going to tell you something. I am what I call a Trubiskaholic. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is that bad, man, and I don't know if it's because of Matt Nagy, offensive line. I know Allen Robinson's there. Allen Robinson's a super solid receiver. You know, he's he's a Pro Bowl-level receiver. Um, Montgomery came on, you know, very strong at the end of the year. The first half of the year, it was like he didn't want to play running back. But I don't know if Trubisky's all that bad. And you bring up the fact that you guys have never had a good quarterback. And I, I just, I feel like with Justin Fields, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure if he's a surefire thing. I, I hope so. He looks like he has the biggest potential besides any out of anyone besides Trevor Lawrence. But I'm not sure. I mean, is it just the Chicago situation? Is it just, you know, this or that? Uh, you know, it, it's to be determined. Also, it's colder than hell in Chicago, man. I mean, once November December hits a soldier field, I mean, that grass isn't even grass anymore, it looks like. I mean, it just because it gets so cold. there's no way you can keep it maintained and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, and and I totally agree with you. I mean, I was all in on Trubisky.
1: I was questioning the pick to go from three to two and what we gave up to get him with the Niners a few years ago. Um, but my wife and I were all in on Trubisky. I didn't really think he was too terrible either. I think that um, you know his first four years as starter, he was a Pro Bowler. Like he looked great. And then that playoff loss, he played great in that playoff loss to the Eagles on the double joint. Right. Um, and then when he came <laughs> out the next year, he just looked like a different guy. And, um, uh, and then that obviously went into, you know, this year was when they got Nick Foles and everything. And I think that um, he didn't have a whole lot of game experience coming out of college. He only started 13 games at North Carolina uh, going into, you know, being drafted number two overall. So he was still a pup. And, you know, I read a stat – this weekend, saying like, "Hey, you know, it's not all his fault. If if the offensive line was a little bit better, I mean, in the two years that Mitchell Trubisky was was starting, he was like eighteen and six. If the offensive line uh, ranked in the top half of the NFL in pass blocking percentage, so it's like, you know, that just shows like, if he's really bad, then any quarterback can thrive as long as you have a good offensive line, or can he? could he actually do some really good things with the ball As 18 and six as a starter, his offensive line would have been better. And last year was a nightmare with, with the uh, injuries on the line. And, you know, they made the playoffs and Trubisky was a big part of that towards the end of the year um, Yeah, catching fire. But uh, I, I was all in on Trubisky. There was a lot of things that made me question it. And, you know, he, he sometimes had some really bonehead throws that you just would leave you going, what are you doing? Um, but then there are times where, it looked like he was good uh he was just not as consistent probably as, as you'd want and I think that i um, getting Justin Fields in there like you said I think he's got a lot of potential I hope he's good but uh, I've kind of been burned before on the Bears quarterback Terracell so I'm going to kind of wait and see but uh, I like the team I was looking at the roster this weekend after the draft and who we have in there and I was like hey this is a team I can get behind and that's something I
0: did not say going into the weekend so you said that they gave up, and I totally agree, they gave up way too much to move up from 3-2 to two in the 2017 draft when you still had Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. You still had guys like T.J. Watt that was taken 30th overall that the Bears maybe could have used. And I know they needed a the quarterback, and obviously you would have gone quarterback in that situation, but there was Mahomes and Watson still there. But 2018... Um, Khalil Mack trade with the Raiders. Do you think the Bears gave up too much looking back? Even though Khalil Mack's one of the best defensive players in the league, has it changed life in Chicago? Was there too many picks given up? Do you regret that trade at all? What do you think about that? You know, if
1: you would have asked me in the first half of the first game against the Packers when Khalil Mack just absolutely <laughs> ransacked Aaron Rodgers in his first game, right? I would have told you I would have given my entire draft for him to be able to come over. Since then, I mean, I think he was actually Defensive Player of the Year that year for, for the NFL. Or I have to go back and look, but he was right in the conversation. But um, looking at it now, this last year, so obviously Khalil Mack reinvigorated. I think that defense and took it took the mindset of like we're we're trying to win a Super Bowl now. We made a splash play or a splash play to, to get a guy like this. Like we're going for it. And I, I like it when a when a GM and one organization is all in on their team. I think that you need to do it when the window's there. But going into looking at the, the Bears this last year, they tried to do it again with with uh, Robert Quinn, the other outside linebacker they got from the Cowboys here before. Right. But he did absolutely nothing this year. And going into seeing Khalil Mack, I was actually hoping the Bears would trade Khalil Mack this offseason to try and move up or to try and get uh, a quarterback like Russell Wilson. I thought it was like, dude, package a first-rounder or two and Khalil Mack and get Russell Wilson. Like, that's worth it because so many times – like, Khalil Mack can alter a game completely if he's involved, but there are so many times where he is completely invisible, and it's been very apparent in the Packers matchup since that very first one that Aaron Rodgers can neutralize him pretty quickly. Um and that's what you get when you have a smart quarterback in a Hall of Famer like that. So I would have liked to see seen the Bears trade him if they needed to to get a guy, but um, getting Justin Fields, you know, like we'll see what see what they can do because they didn't they didn't uh, mortgage the organization to get him this year either.
0: Right, and, and very smart on their part after giving away three or four picks to move up a single spot in the draft. I, I didn't realize that was what happened until I started doing my own research four or five days ago before the draft and whatnot. Um, but I, I totally agree with you on the Cleo Mack point I do think as far as the Packers go Because you bring up Rodgers, neutralizing him I feel like maybe that's more of David Bakhtiari He's an all-pro left tackle, probably the best Left tackle in the game. I think that With him, I think tearing his ACL I think in week 16 or 17 That's the reason the Packers weren't able to beat the Buccaneers And go to the Super Bowl. That's what stopped him I mean, you, you are dead on. If there's no Offensive line, then you can't expect a quarterback to do anything whatsoever The quarterback can be Patrick Mahomes He could be Warren Moon, he could be whoever You want him to be. As long as there's no offensive line and he's running for his life, good luck. You know, the Chiefs scored nine points. I'll still tell you they're the best offense in football by far today because they are, you know, so it just kind of goes to show that, and also they got completely dominated, you know, by that defense and whatnot. But the offensive line being hurt, man, it matters a lot. I I do think brighter days are ahead for the Bears fans, though. I really do. Um, And I just kind of want to get your take on that because I had a Bears fan on recently as well. And I didn't get to ask him, I forgot. But the Khalil Mack thing looking back, um, and then I did look it up. It was Aaron Donald that won in 2018, although I am with you. I think Khalil Mack should have won. I think he single-handedly was the reason that, and Trubisky played good, don't get me wrong, but he was single-handedly the reason you guys went 11-5, and made the first playoff game, had it in Chicago at Soldier Field, and you're right, if, uh, what, Cairo Santos, if he doesn't double-doink, you guys go and play the Saints in the Superdome in the divisional round, and that's a hell of a season right there. Um, Cody, Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey. Okay, it was Cody, not Cairo Santos. Okay, Cody Parkey, <laughs> who's on the Browns now. He's the Browns kicker. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how that works, man. How he still has a job. And he he's decent at it. He's decent at it. But how he still got a job after that was very interesting. Um, so I want to move back into Shasta County Sports and whatnot. I just kind of wanted to hit on that because that was brand new stuff. And I. No, you're a Bears fan and stuff, so I kind of want to get your take on Fields. What defines success for you, your wife, everyone else at ShastaCountySports.com? Because this is a website, it's a part-time thing, it sounds like for all you guys, um, except maybe Aaron, you know, he's a little more, he dips his toes in a little bit more into it each week, but what defines success? Is it the amount of clicks on certain articles? Is it who you get on for the interviews? And what has always defined success in your opinion, even going back to the time at the Searchlight? You know, I think for success for us, we can still fill a void if
1: we can deliver content and stories and information to the community they can get nowhere else Um, and that they find that valuable I think that that defines success for us I mean obviously like page views and and clicks and social media engagements and everything else like that um, for advertisers or anything else that means something and it it justifies what we cover you know obviously we're going to try and cover more of something if it gets more clicks, right? I mean, you cover a football game and it might get 3,000 page views and versus a cross-country or a swimming meet that might get 100. You know, obviously you're going to say, like, well, we're going to devote our time to the stuff that gets a little bit more eyeballs. But uh, from what, what we talk about, what we want to do, success really is if we're enjoying what we're doing because this isn't our full-time job, um, it, it takes a lot to do things on, on your own time to devote Uh, a lot of your time and and energy into outside of your full-time job. You know, when you could be out there uh, working on your your yard or your house or seeing family or doing something else like that, you know, we do sacrifice quite a bit um, giving up our own time to be able to tell these stories and and give the community something to read and something to feel good about. And also give these kids something to feel good about. I mean, if if we're not giving them recognition, if we're not bringing them exposure, who is, um, it says a lot to... Uh, to be able to put all that time in and devote yourself to practice, to games, um, and, and not kind of get anything more out of that other than um, what you have on the teammates and what you take yourself. You know, it's kind of nice to get a little pat on the back, you know, and, and know that, that you're doing a good job. And uh, we, we kind of always like to treat this as like ESPN NorCal, you know, kind of a deal. We want to try and bring, give them this opportunity because high school sports only comes around, you know, one time. You only get to do this once. So um, for us, for success, and we've talked about this as a, as a team, you know, my wife and, and Aaron as well and Mike too, and I think if we're still filling a void and providing the community something that they want to read and they find value in, I think that that's successful for
0: us. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I think it's super valuable. I remember I went to Anderson High School personally. I graduated in 2017. I remember you did a story, I'm pretty sure it was you, on uh, Mr. Don Trotter becoming the head coach after uh, Scotty Edwards and whatnot. And I remember you interviewed some of the players and stuff like that. And um, I'm not going to lie to you, I think you were secret motivation for a couple of them, but they didn't win the title that year. So I don't know how far that motivation went. Uh, but, but, uh, and I, I'm friends with some of those guys, so, you know, I'm just giving them shit for it. But, um, I remember you did that story and it just, it was really cool. You know, just, uh, I wasn't there when you did the interviews. I didn't meet you or anything like that. I wasn't on the team, but I remember just kind of reading the piece and thinking it was really cool to have this guy that will come, you know, to not all the way to Anderson cause it's in Shasta County, but you know, to come to Bob Reed stadium and come to the, what they call the blue room or whatever, and talk to the players and kind of get their take and stuff like that. I, I just, i I've always been fascinated by it. I've I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to be like a broadcaster. Um, And then funny enough, podcasting comes along and that's kind of taken over now and stuff like that. And, you know, one of these days I want this to be a big thing, but I just think it's super cool kind of what you've done, what you are doing with you and the whole team, you and your wife and stuff like that. Um, And you mentioned that you're in marketing. So I want to bring this up. I've had this idea, and I've had the privilege and been fortunate enough to have like Baron Browning, he's the mayor of Anderson, Aaron Resner, the yeah. mayor of Ready, uh, yeah, the mayor of Reading. Sorry, um, on the podcast and stuff. I brought this up to them, getting a makeover for the convention center next to the Sundial Bridge. Do you think something like that's possible?
1: You know, that's kind of uh, out of my out of my range. Um, I think that anytime a community can devote themselves to finding value in something, I think that there is, no, there is no ceiling of possibility. I think that if the right people come along, you obviously have to have the right uh, leader, the right um, financial donors, the right people on how to fundraise um, to be able to, to get the buy-in from other members in the community. Um, and to, to be able to rally everyone to show that there's value into doing something. And I think that, um, you know, I think if it could be the Civic. It could be, you know, any type of – you could create something. You could, could upgrade another thing. I mean, look at what the downtown has been able to do. Um, right. so obviously, I think that, that any attraction can be upgraded. It just takes uh, the right people in place and the, the people in place that are doing it for the right reasons. Um, that are doing it because they're passionate about their community. And I think that any time you want to begin a project, a a long multi-year project like that, I think you need to have the the passion in place. You're not just doing it to make money. You're not just doing it to um, say you did it, because the amount of work that you're going to have to do and and the time it's going to take is is really going to add up. So I think that the passion has to be there. So if, if the civic needs a makeover, and someone wants to take that on. I mean, anything, I'm all for, uh, for the beautification of Reading. I want Reading and this area to be, um, you know, a wonderful place to, to live and to work and for, especially for people to visit. Uh, cause that's how we get um, extra money for the city and that's how we get, uh, you know, extra, you know, to, to do these sorts of things. So, um, I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pro Reading and I'm pro-getting this community uh, involved in for people to, to take pride in where they live and take pride in what's around us because uh, if you think negatively, that's how you're going to be personified and I think having a, a good mentality and a positive attitude uh, can really
0: go a long way. Yeah, I mean, I've had this idea for a little while now and I just started kind of sharing it with people and stuff like that and... I don't know. I could just – I could see it happening because you have KRCR News Channel 7 right there. You have a lot of the dirt out there that could just be used for additional parking and whatnot. The Sheridan Hotel, the beautiful, lovely mosaic restaurant. Obviously, the Sundial Bridge, our biggest tourist attraction, not even close. Probably the only thing you can consider a tourist attraction if you're not born and raised from Reading besides, like, the mountains and the natural stuff. Um, but I, I just – I see a lot of potential there within. I see potential for, you know – minor league, uh, maybe not minor league baseball, but like minor league basketball or, you know, volleyball or, you know, entertainment. We've had Kenny Chesney concerts. Gabriel Iglesias has come and performed stand-up there. So it's not like it's an unheard of thing. It's not like it's something that isn't possible in my opinion. And just as a guy that works in marketing, I kind of want to get your take on that and just kind of see what you felt about it. Um, And then I just have a couple more questions for you that we can get out of here. I want to ask you, what makes you happiest about the Shasta County sports thing? Because I feel like with the searchlight, and I, I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like maybe it was a thing that you feel like you outgrew, or maybe it wasn't as fun as it was once anymore. What makes you happiest now about having this new venture, even if it's just like a part-time thing? I think
1: there's two things I like to say. I, I probably want to think about here is that um, one of the things that makes me the happiest is one, I get to do it with my wife. Um, I would not be able to do anything I do for Shasta County Sports without her. I mean, she takes all of our video highlights that you see on our website. She, she pretty much knows all those. So uh, we work pretty well as a team. Um, and um, we get to see each other at night. It's a way for us to be together. Um, gives us an extra something to talk about. She's just as big of a sports fan as I am. So uh, it helps um, for her to, to have that. And she has a passion for doing it as well. And she takes a lot of pride in what she does. And um, she does it very, very well, and she's been doing it for uh, quite a few years on taking video highlights and handling that, so that, that's one thing that I really do enjoy, and, and the people that are on on the staff, you know, Shasta County Sports and Aaron and Max and Mike is, and Tony and Maddie and you know, quite a few other people, we we all do it because we love sports and we all love the community, and it's, it's a fun hobby to have, and I think that that might be one of the reasons um, why I don't want it to go full- time because once it comes it goes full time, it starts to become a job. and right now it's a hobby slash fun thing to do on your on the side. Um, so I think that is a big, big deal as well. And, and you know having fun. I mean, I love sports. I love watching uh, games live and, and watching athletes overcome adversity and knowing there's redemption going on and watching it unfold. I mean, it's poetry Uh, an athletic event is poetry to me and watching it unfold I hate coming in the middle of a game I never do do a middle of a game live you know but if I'm watching a game on TV you know I always like to watch it from start to finish because uh, you you see how things the ebbs and flows and the chess matches and you really get in there and appreciate um, the strategy that goes involved that's that's involved with it and I think that that's really what I enjoy too and, and have a lot of fun is is especially at the lower levels like the high school and, you know, and junior college at Shasta College, it's, it's poetry. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting to watch being able to have them um, put their lives and devote themselves into to achieving something. And sometimes some of the best games are those despair moments. Um, but uh, being able to capture it and um, document it is, is a special thing, and I've always, I've always enjoyed doing that.
0: What comes next? Well, what's next for you guys? I mean, post-COVID, the state's set to reopen. uh, I think June 15th is the date that the governor came out and said. So post-COVID and having this website and stuff, what do you guys want to do? What do you guys hope to set out to do next? I mean, you don't want to turn into a full-time thing, and I totally get where you're coming from. um, But but what is in the near future as far as football season coming back around right away and then basketball and going back into the normal year, if you will? Yeah, you know, we're this last spring we
1: were able to broadcast uh, some Shasta College football games um for Shasta College which has been nice because during COVID uh, no one could go to the games um this last spring you know they got a four game season we were fortunate enough to broadcast three of their games um just due to uh the schools allowing us to do that on Saturdays and um College of the Siskiyous had their own broadcast team so they didn't uh, allow us on campus to to broadcast, but we were still covering the game like we would normally do. So, broadcast is something that we're dabbling into. Um, We're going to be doing all the Shasta College football games for this upcoming season, Um, doing a couple of basketball games for them too. And uh, we've already done a softball game and doing a couple of baseball and softball games uh, this spring as well. So, we'll have that on our website. But being able to bring something to Bring a little bit extra and expand to a different platform Um, has has been nice. It's been that next step, I think. Uh, That's it's exciting Um, and it's fun to call games. You know, Aaron Williams called football, high school football games on the radio. You know, in Reading for four years, uh, and then before he moved on to something else, so he did that as well. And um, this was my first time doing any broadcasting, and it's fun. you, You get to tell people all the inside information that you have and, and uh moving on so i think that that might be the next realm that we that we add to it but it's going to be a slow process and um, like i said we, we want to still make sure that this is our part-time gig because uh, it's fun we, we love what we do during the day for our full-time jobs that's where our big passion is and this is just a fun hobby so that's kind of the next steps broadcasting and then if anybody has any ideas of what what they would like to see or uh, what they think we should do i mean you can always email us at shasta county sports at com, and um we're all ears i mean we want to give the, our audience uh stuff that's interesting and fun so we're always looking for new ideas
0: yeah that's awesome man and thank you for coming on today i appreciate it a lot i really do um And I'll find a way after I end the podcast, I'll talk to you for a second about getting a hat out to you and and your staff and whatnot, because I really would like to do that favor for you. But I appreciate this. This was very informative, and I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And you are someone that, you know, has been in the community for a while and knows it very well. So I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate it. Yeah, Blake, it's been great, man. Good having a good conversation with you. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, If you guys have made it this far, thank you for listening. I appreciate it very much. I'll be back sometime here in May, not quite sure when, but I will be back. And have a great day, guys. I will see you later.